of a hand, you got out of bed this morning? The first Sunday of 2020, and you got out of bed, and you came to church. Come on, you got to do more than that. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm so excited for uh, 2020. I believe it's going to be the best ever. I believe that with the, all of my heart. So I'm really excited for my life. I don't know about you, but I'm really excited for this year. So I just believe that this this year could be the best year ever. I, I really, really do. And if you know 
want something great, it requires a great amount of discipline. And, and the reason why we don't have habits in our lives a lot of times is because we don't want to, to take the, the discipline that it, that it requires. And so uh, it helps if we have a, a positive ha- attitude along the way. There's a story in the Bible about, um, about Jesus walking through uh, to, to a town called Samaria. And what's interesting about the, the story about Jesus going through Samaria, meeting with the woman at the well, um, many of you have, have heard this story about Jesus meeting with the woman at the well, but what was interesting about that was that Je- Jews in the day didn't walk through Samaria because then they would, might have to talk to a Samaritan person. And Jews didn't talk to Samaritans in those days. And so um, Jesus goes through Samaria, and he's walking through, and, and he gets to this well. And he sits down, and a woman comes to, to draw some water from the well. And she, uh, Jesus looks at her, and he says, uh, can, I, can I have a drink of water? And she looks at him, and she's thrown off by him even asking for water because she says to him, she's like, what are you doing asking me for, why are you even talking to me? And because Jews didn't talk to Samaritans. And Jewish men especially didn't talk to Samaritan women. And so she's like, what are you, what are you doing even talking to me? And Jesus responds to her in, in John chapter 4, verse 10. I want to read it from you for you in what's called the message paraphrase. Um, you can follow along on the screen behind me or you can follow along with the YouVersion Bible app on your phone or your, your smart device. You can just go to, um, to the more part, part in the YouVersion app. Um, click more, then go to events, and uh, it'll tell you how to get there um, behind me. So um, we invite all of you to, to participate. If you just how merciful, how good, how generous, how just, how great our God is. Ladies and gentlemen, this wouldn't be hard for you. It wouldn't be hard to have a positive attitude or a hopeful attitude with our lives because I, you know, I like to think I'm a pretty positive guy. And those, those that know me might tell you otherwise, I don't know, but I like to think that I'm pretty positive, and the reason I'm so positive is because I know how good and how great God is because of what he's done in my life, and if, if I could just dig some of you and just scratch and pull some of you, and just, if you can just see how great and good and merciful and just and powerful God is, let me tell you, it would be this woman at the well that Jesus is with, she says to him, can I have a a drink of water? Why are you even talking to me? And this is his response. Jesus answered, if you knew the generosity of God and who I am, you would be asking me for a drink. And I would give you 
after after this, Jesus goes on and he asks her about her husband. And she says to him, I don't have a husband. And Jesus says, you're right. You don't have a husband. You've had five husbands. Now, there's a lot of divorce in our world, but five husbands is a lot. I think, I think, I think Jesus knew that divorce would be an issue in our world today. So he went for the high point. Right? He says, you've had five husbands. You've had a lot of husbands. And he goes on and he says, and the man that you're living with now isn't even your husband. He was working on her sick. And she's like just amazed because when Jesus asked her for the drink of water and when he went on to say, if you only knew what who God was, if you only knew how he was, you would be asking me. And he said it in a way that was so loving and so kind and it wasn't condemning. But what he showed her was that he knew everything about her. But he didn't speak to her with condemnation and with judgment. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know that God knows everything about every one of us. But he looks to her and he still says, if you only knew how generous he is to you. And ladies and gentlemen, I want us to walk around for the next 21 days like we know how generous God is. Like we know God's going to do something. Like we know he's going to move that mountain that we're asking him to move. Like we know. That we walk around with a, if you only knew attitude, that we would encourage other people to know as well. That's what we need. We need hopeful attitudes. But the second thing that we're going to need along this journey of the 21 days is that we, we need to have repentant hearts. Repentant hearts. Now, that word repentant comes from the word repentance, and it's oftentimes looked at as a negative word. But it's really not. It's a religious word. That's probably why some of you may not have ever heard it. But it's, it's a religious word that simply means to change course, to change direction, to, to go the other way. We have to come into the presence of God with positive attitudes, hopeful attitudes, and with repentant hearts saying, all right, God, if there's anything in my life that doesn't belong, I'll go the other way. It's, it's like this. It's, it's like um, Portia Nelson was a, was a singer-songwriter, American singer-songwriter, and she wrote, what's known as the autobiography in five short chapters. I love this. The five chapters, I'm going to read this autobiography in five short chapters for you. It goes like this. Chapter one, I walk down the street. There's a deep hole in the sidewalk. I fall in. I'm lost. I'm helpless. It isn't my fault. It takes me forever to find my way out. Chapter two, I walk down the same street, there's a deep hole in the sidewalk, I pretend I don't see it, I fall in again, I can't believe that I'm in this same place, it isn't my fault, it still takes me a while to get out, chapter 3, I walk down the same street, there's a deep hole in the sidewalk, I see it's there, 
might still fall in because it didn't have you. My eyes are open. I know where I am. It's my fault, but it doesn't take you long at all to correct me. Chapter 4. I walk down the same street. There's a deep hole in the sidewalk, but this time I walk around it. Chapter 5. Some of you guys just need to walk down another street. You need to get off the street that you're walking down. And you need to say, all right, today's the day I'm going to walk down another street. We have to learn to change course. The Bible puts it like this in Philippians 3.13. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Forget the past, look forward to better things. The third thing that we need to have over the next 21 days is we must commit to forming uphill habits. We must commit to forming uphill habits. In the book of Romans chapter 12, verse 22, in the message paraphrase, again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it from there. It says this, it says, so, there's, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you, take your everyday ordinary life, Embracing what God does for you and is, be, is, uh, is the best thing that you can do for Him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into to it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what He wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you to develop well-formed maturity in you. Ladies and gentlemen, when we put ourselves before God, He will do a work, a work of maturity, a work that will change our lives. In this series, we're going to talk about four habits over the next four weeks. I, I can't wait uh, to, to watch and see what God does because I believe there are four habits that can change our lives. The question is, are you ready? Are you ready for me to give you number one habit? If you're ready, say, I'm ready. All right. If you look, if you look at your neighbor and say, tell them to get on with it. Tell them to get on with it. It's our big idea for today. Our big idea for today is our, our number one habit, and that is focus on important word here is focus and first. The first thing, here's what I've learned. First things have power. What I, what I focus on first in my day, I give power to it. What I focus on first in my life, I give power to it. It's, it's why everyone wants to be first. He was 
in the first grade, I believe. Uh, we, we went for our very first uh, parent-teacher conference. And this teacher looks at us and she goes, so uh, are you guys competitive in this game? Because your son really likes to be first. Like he was a kid like lining up to go to recess. He was like, he's first. I need one of these first in line. I think one reason why people have a desire to be first a lot of times is because we know that first things have power. First things have power. And so we have to focus on things, on on, on what we're going to do first. So number one, the first thing that we have to look at is putting God first. Putting God first. Put God first. As we focus on what we do first, we have to make sure that we put God first. First of all, first things have power. How many of you have ever heard of the Ten Commandments? Everybody ever ever heard of the Ten Commandments? Hopefully we've all heard of the Ten Commandments. Did you know that the very first commandment that God gave the people was centered on them putting God first. The very first commandment centers around putting God first. Look at it in Exodus chapter 20, verse 1. Then God gave the people all these instructions. I am the Lord your God who rescued you from the land of Egypt, the place of slavery. You must, and this is the first commandment, verse 3, you must have As a youth pastor, uh, I was a youth pastor for 12 years, and um, when I was a youth pastor, the number one question that I got asked from young people was this. It was, Pastor Adam, how do I know what God wants me to do? Because a lot of young people are looking for what they're doing in life, or what they're going to do in life, and so um, a lot of them would ask me, how do I know what God wants? As a church planner, not a lot has changed. A lot. One of the one of the questions that I often receive is, "How do I know what God wants?" Ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you this morning, I know what God wants, and He wants me to put Him first. It's awesome. Maybe you're here this morning and you're looking for like like a specific answer for something. I'll give you. I think a lot of times we look at this as as a money principle. Like the church has often taught this as a as a money principle to give to give God first our, our first fruits, our first in, in our in our money, our first in our tithe. I want you to know this morning, this isn't a money principle. This is a life principle. It's a life principle. So number two, we have so first we have to put God, we have to put God first. Second, we have to give God first of everything. That's the one that we look at as a money principle. Give God first of everything. Ladies and gentlemen, God doesn't care.
us to love things. He just doesn't want us to love it more than he loves it. And so we have to practice giving God first of everything. This is what we often use as a money principle. But it's not. It's not about tithing. Tithing helps. We're going to look at that. In Deuteronomy 14.23, in the Living Bible, it says this. This isn't on the screen behind me, but it says, the purpose of tithing is to always put God first in your life. The reason why we take up an offering, the reason why we, we take up an offering on, on Sunday morning is to give you the opportunity to put God first in your in your bank account. It's a way that you can put God first with, with your money. First things have power. I think we all want our power So, put God first. Give God everything. And so, some of you guys are, are, are sitting there and you're saying, Pastor Adam, I don't even know where to begin. Like, what do you mean everything? How, how do I give God everything? I'm going to give you four easy ways. Four easy ways you can give God your everything. Number one, give God everything in my year. Give God everything in my year. For the year of 2020, give God the first of my year. Sorry. Give God the first of my year. And so it's a, it's a lot harder to say to give God everything in your year, but it's, it's a little easier to say to give God the first of your year. So this is why we do 21 days of prayer. We, we call it 21 days of prayer, but it's a time of prayer and fasting for, for a lot of us. And so... so I talked about it last Sunday. If you were here, if you weren't, you can go back and listen on our um, on our website or on, on iTunes podcast. I talked about why we fast. And I said that we pray to attach ourselves to God, and we fast to detach ourselves from the world. And I, I, I explained where I got that. It's, it's found in the book of, of John. ourselves to God more, and we need to detach ourselves from the world. And so we fast in order to detach ourselves from the world. And that's what we do. So there are four, four different types of fast. And I, again, I talked about it last week, and I'm not going to repeat it. Um, the, the first type is the complete fast. This is a um, this is where you don't eat food. Um, you mostly drink liquid on there. 
Sit down with your spouse and talk about your, your, your schedule for the month, your budget for the month. And schedule time with each other. Do things with your family. Say, we're going to have a family day. We're going we're gonna to schedule a family schedule time with each other because I'm going to put God first by prioritizing my family in my life. 
one ministry you all have in your life is your family. I can't lead the Refuge Church if I don't lead my family first. So sit down with your calendars. Schedule time. Budget money. So that you're putting God first. When we do those things, when we, when we find order with that, we're putting God first. We're saying, God, you matter most important to me. This is an area that my wife and I have to work on. We don't always sit down at the beginning of our month. The second thing is give God the first of your week. Give God the first of your week. You guys have done that today. Good job. Yeah. You got out of bed, you came to church. Give God the first of your week. In the, in the Old Testament um, and in the New Testament, the Bible talks about what's called a Sabbath or a Shabbat, Sabbath. Um, this can be difficult. It can be difficult to, to have a Sabbath. Um, do you know why a, a lot of times the Sabbath was, was seen as Saturday in the Old Testament? But do you know why the church has kind of shifted from Saturday to Sunday? The reason we don't have our Sabbath on Saturday any longer is because, and the reason why it was on Saturday was because on the seventh day, God rested. On the seventh day, God rested. And so on the seventh day, um, Jews in the Old Testament would, would take a rest day on the seventh day. But the reason we don't do that anymore is because we said, we're going to do it on Sunday so that we can give God the first part of our week. And we want God to have the first part of our week. And that's why we come to church on Sunday. So that we can give God the first part of our week. The thought of some of you giving God a full day stresses you out like crazy. Stresses you out like, like, like you just like, Pastor Adam, I don't know. How do you give God a full day? Because I'm not talking about giving God giving God an hour and 15 minutes on Sunday at the restaurant. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about giving God your full day. Where you give Him your full attention. Pastor Adam, how, how do we do that? I want to challenge you to, to focus on two things on your Sabbath. Focus on your worship and your rest. Focus on your worship and your rest on your Sabbath day. Pastor Adam, I don't, I don't even know where to begin with that. You know what? Worship God in the morning. That's what we've done today. Later on today, go, go for a walk. Just a meaningless walk with your family, with your spouse, with your boyfriend or girlfriend. And rest. Do something enjoyable. You know... I, I heard someone say a couple years ago, and it changed my thinking at, uh, about rest. They said that people that work with their hands need to rest with their minds. And people that, re that work with their minds need to rest with their hands. So this is what that looks like. If you're a carpenter, then to rest might read a book. You're not going to fix it. Like, fixing things at 
if someone works with their mind, then fixing things at home might be restful for them. Lifting weights at the gym might be restful for them. Like, it's, it's okay to do things if you're resting and relaxing while you're doing it. Give God the first of your week. The, the final thing is to give God the first, the first of your day. Give God the first of your day. I want to challenge you with something that I like to call the first 15. The first 15 is easy. It's just first five minutes in God's word. The next five minutes in prayer, talking to God about what you read in the last five minutes in worship. If you play a worship song, you sing along with it and give him just five, 15 minutes will change your day. It'll give you the hopeful attitude that we talked about. It'll, it'll do incredible things that you never even dreamed of. Because that's what God promises us. Every morning I wake up, I wake up before my, my wife and my kids so that um, I can get down to the kitchen table with my Bible and I can spend time with God before, before they get up. It's important that I give God the first of my day. I want to I explain to you why it's so important to put God first in our lives. If, if you guys could come out, um, I've got, I got something I want to show you because I believe that this can, um, can really put it into perspective visually for us. I told them to be careful not to trip with carrying glass and rocks. I've got vases, and one of them is completely empty. This vase represents me, represents us. Uh, I've got rocks that represent our time, and uh, and these rocks also represent our time. If you notice that um, some rocks are smaller than others, some rocks are bigger than say that, that God is most important thing, the most important thing in our lives, but, but God is right here. Because God deserves the most of our time. But the problem is that our, we say our family is important, or our work is important, and, and those are the things that we give the most time to, but they don't fit who we are. We don't have enough See, 
have to have God first. We've got to be in the dark first. Maybe our our family needs to be second. Spending time with our family. Maybe our job needs to be third for you. Or third for other people. And then you take all the other things. And what happens is when you take the other things. time to them, eventually what happens is you get everything in there, and it all fits, it all fits into our lives, in fact, when my priorities are in order, I actually have determine the capacity that we have in life. When we have our order right, we can do so much more. We can do so many more things when we have our order right. The problem is, head bowed, every eye closed. Thank you guys for continuing. You see, with a message like this, I realize that some things need to change. And that's why it's so hard so hard to put God first because that means that I have to say no to some things. Some of you need to say no to some things on Sunday so that you can give God a day. Some of you need to say no to some things that you have planned for the year because it's going to interfere with what God wants to do. I promise you, when you put God first, your capacity will grow. Some of you are, are here and you're saying, you know, Pastor Adam, God is first in my life. not first, but he's like at least second or third. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know if God isn't first on our list, he's not on the list. Because he will not take second place. He won't. That's what he told the, the Israelites in the, in, the, in the Ten Commandments. He said, don't have any other gods but me. Put me first. 
first, he does the miraculous. He changes us. He makes us new, the Bible says. So if you're standing there, and every head bowed, every eye closed, no one's looking around, I want to ask you, where's God on your list? Where's God on your list? If he's not first, he's not there. So we say, Pastor Adam, I, I want to put God first on my list this morning. Would you do that by just quickly slipping your hand up in the air? Hold it there. I see that hand. I see that hand. Hands all over. Because it's hard. It's hard. time that you've ever done it, I believe that you leave this place a new creation. If you believe it in your heart, the whole room repeat after me, say, God, I come before you and I want to put you first in my life so that I can live to the most capacity that you have for me. Thank you for sending Jesus to die so that I can put you first. Come into my life. Help me to live for you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Give God some praise for that. Come on. If you said that prayer, 